We're back. Take two. Uh, take two. Ex- do you want to explain what happened with take one yet well, again, Chase? Yeah, we got an hour into it and noticed that my end of the podcast wasn't recording. Lol. So uh, here we are. Next day. New yeah. day. Day two. Never happened. Uh, our not necessarily wasted. I think we covered some good ground. Unfortunately, all of it didn't get recorded. So we're back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, I'll just add that to my stack of things I'm frustrated with you about, such as your lack of interest uh, in purchasing the life-size replica of the HBO series Game <laughs> of Thrones throne for your uh, computer chair. It's only $30,000 USD available online. You know, yeah, the standard stuff. Have to find that random like tree farmer in Oregon that creates them on Etsy. Yeah. Um so catch us up a little bit. It's been like what three weeks, monthish since we've uh, done this podcast. Wild. Yeah, it's going good. Uh, poker wise, I've been playing a lot of high stakes live action. Like uh, ten twenty five no limit has been popping off quite a bit at the local casino. Playing some seventy five one fifty. Uh, even got to play a mixed game last week, which was cool. We played Hold'em, Omaha eight or better, and Stud eight or better thirty sixty limits. So that was fun. Um, in terms of like Twitch online stuff, it's been going really good. Kind of trying to make a push to maybe get Twitch partnership. Yeah, so share that with us. About that. I mean, you've got a couple different things in the burner as far as uh, you know. If you reach that first benchmark of semi-famous within a like a yeah within a, a small niche yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, got like 700 uh followers on twitch and i think the like benchmark is somewhere between like 1500 to 2000 where you have a realistic shot at getting partnership hmm. so i mean that's not that far outside of reach and i'm also like working with america's card room a little bit possibly doing some like promotion for their new sitting format in the next couple months so i'm pretty excited about that i think it'll be kind of cool to uh i don't know just like uh showcase and work with them and hopefully it works out yeah kind of like a <clears throat> recently i know you've been on a, a heater check because you can't find enough creative ways to put your money in play and ship just about <laughs> everything right <laughs> yeah i've got the minus touch everything i do turns to gold everything yeah. i touch it's kind of nice, you know. You'd think like guy wins a bracelet, he cools off. <clears throat> no, instead he outlasts a field of multiple thousands of people, almost donks it off heads up, goes back to <laughs> ship it, and then ships everything in between, pretty much. Yeah, but it's been nice to hear. Charm life. Um, <clears throat> well, why don't you give us a little overview about what we're going through uh, today? I know it's a special topic to you and I both. You teased it with uh, the podcast you did with uh, Alex, I think, recently. Definitely. I uh, mentioned that we're going to talk about our faith and how our faith in the Lord impacts us at the poker table and also just in life and kind of share our stories in some ways. You know, we're not going to cover everything because it's way too big of a topic, but kind of give you guys a insight into what it's like uh, just being like a Christian in the poker world, at least our views. And this is definitely going to be me and Andrew are very like minded on the subject. Um, Andrew was a big part of my coming to my faith in Christ. And so we're definitely going to agree on pretty much everything we talk about and just, you know, know that when you're going in, this is our view. This is our faith. This is what we believe. And uh, take it or leave it. Hit the next episode button, you know. We're, we're not going to be offended, but it's an important subject to us, and it's very personal. So, Yeah, this is we're probably going to be one of the um, most off-topics we'll go, or at least try to go. Um, but we think it's relevant because we hope, <clears throat> you know, those of you that are listening to our podcast are people that maybe you know us, maybe your friends, family even. But if you're not, if we're just two strangers and you stumbled upon this one way or another, um, I think it's valid. <clears throat> and I think it's definitely uh, relevant because uh, I know that you know, jumping ahead a little bit, essentially, I know this affects and touches almost every part of your life positively. And, and, you know, it's starting to do the same thing for me again. So, um, something we just, we felt, you know, this is our creative format. So we thought we'd share, um, but we wanted to also not feel like we're trying to, I guess, inundate and, uh, to use the the colloquial term to Bible thump, you know, we're, we're out there and we want to have a receptive audience, people that are curious because we come, I think we come 
to our faith, just like with poker, with a fairly analytical mindset. And it's not just just because. I mean, we're going to try to explain something of our both of our personal stories, too. So um, we hope it's valuable to you guys and something you enjoy at least listening to. Yeah, agreed. We're not looking to beat anyone up with the Bible. Yeah. Um, Chase, why don't you start off? I think we're both going to go into just a little bit, a teaser of what we think is Christianity, because today <clears throat> I think you hear that term thrown around very loosely. And I think you and I have a very um, strict definition for when we use that the rest of this podcast and we talk about ourselves this way as followers of Christ, what that means to you and I. In culture, I think that the term Christian is used far too widely. You have people that, I mean, for the most part, disregard and dishevel the name of Jesus in a lot of their beliefs and they still get the title of Christian. I mean, they view a lot of quote unquote Christian groups view Jesus as far less than a God and the only God. So, um, yeah, I think there's a distinction to be made of what I would consider Christian. And that is just the, uh, the like undeniable principles that the Bible, that God's word says that Jesus um, came to earth. Jesus is fully God. He's existed past, present, future. He came and took on human form, lived the sinless, perfect life that we couldn't, that we haven't, and um, chose to uh, take all of our sin and death and despair and um, deserving punishment upon himself on the cross, uh, died for us, rose for those, rose for all of us, and uh, yeah, he he is the savior for those who choose him, for those who believe in him, and uh, just gives us uh, really like exchanges his righteousness for our sinfulness and uh, gives us new life. Yeah, I mean, I think that covers the majority of points. Um, the only simple distinctions I would make is um, what Chase and I believe is, is <clears throat> the sixty-six books of the Bible are the inspired word of God. Um, they're completely accurate, both the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, and it's God's form uh, of one of his forms of communicating with us, both Christian and to the non-Christian, um, in a way that we can we can interact with uh, with someone that is that great and that vast. Um, and we do believe God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all equal, and they work together, and they are one as much as they are distinct. Um you know, and there's some definitely some hard concepts to unpack that that um, I know we're just glossing over, but that's in a nutshell what we believe. And like Chase said, Christ died for our sins, came to earth as fully man, fully God, the God man, and uh, and we believe in Him and His life and the testimony that others have given about that. And I think equally important is the implications that that means for us and how that links into like us as poker players. Because essentially, we're money managers, and the Bible actually and ironically speaks quite a bit about money. Um, so yeah, it's one of the most contentious issues of the Bible. Jesus preaches about money almost more than anything else. Yeah, it's it's one of the top. Like if you just do topical searches in the Bible, it's brought up frequently. So I think there's certainly aspects and elements that relate to a poker player's life and implications. And I know they've touched on your life. So. With that, though, Chase, talk to us about, <clears throat> I guess, we as poker players, we understand that there's a lot of misconceptions about, like, playing poker and what being a professional poker player means. You know, I know that um, in my household, it was sometimes a little bit, the poker playing was a little bit taboo because when you come from a really conservative, fairly to ultra conservative background, yeah, you know, I think my mom always had an idea when I told her I was working at a poker room that I was working in, like, something that resembles like a weird brothel or some underground like <laughs> card club that you have to knock twice and know the passcode and you know just all the worst aspects of what gambling has been over the last 30 years and for most of us that play in a casino or like me work in one um you know for the most part it's pretty far removed from that there's a, definitely a lot of misconceptions out there and uh in many ways, they're not unearned. There's been a lot of damage done by gambling uh, irresponsibly. So I, I totally get it. And I don't really like I'm not 
not really upset if someone um, puts their past hurts or experience on what we do. And that's totally legit. I, you know, I think it's much better to take the approach of um, understanding the stuff that they've gone through and uh, trying to empathize. I would say one of the most common ones I get is when people find out that, like, A, I'm a Christian, whether that's at church or, like, on Twitch, I'm very open about that. And then B, that I play poker for a living. The, I would say the most common question I get is, like, how do you reconcile those two things? Like, how do you morally justify, if you will, um, playing poker when you're a Christian? And I think that comes out of, like, a kind of a lack of... Uh, maybe a lack of understanding on specifically like a biblical view of gambling and um, maybe just like money management and like what poker essentially is. Because if we draw a lot of parallels with other jobs, um, let's say we remove the title of poker, but we can put in like, say, a stockbroker or I mean, you can you can make many parallels. Say you're like a furniture salesman and, um, you know, a lot of people are like, what a put this like predatory sense on poker and while there is a predatory sense to it uh we're not out there like encouraging people to put money they can't afford on the table yeah and i think that that has to do a lot with the connotation of gambling and the really i guess awkward relationship that gambling and poker have because in some senses is it gambling i guess by a very broad definition well yes sure it is but like when people ask me, uh, when just strangers meet me and they're like, oh, you work at a casino, what's that like? And they have all these misconceptions and they're like, oh, you must be a gambler. You must be great at gambling. I'm like, well, I've moved to a couple different cities without knowing anyone, hardly. I've, uh, you know, purchased a motorcycle without knowing how to ride one. Uh, I've purchased a house. Uh, I mean, to me, all of those are gambles. Um, playing poker when done correctly, to me, is one of the least things I'm doing that's you know, relating to taking extreme risk with huge unknowns. Um, but I think that that's the perception most people fight. And then there's this other perception that, again, like Chase is saying, used to be well-earned that all Christians and all all formats of Christianity is this ultra-conservative, highly legalistic set of rules of, oh, you can't do this, you can't even have a drop of alcohol, uh, more of like almost a Puritan a view of, of Christianity. And uh, I think that also is, is incorrect for some of the similar reasons, which is it's such a small minority. It doesn't represent the larger, I guess, heart of what Christianity or poker, at least professionally is. Um, Absolutely. Um, I, I think addressing a couple like common, I guess, like in the church misconceptions. So this might be more at people who like us are Christians and believe the Bible, at least for the most part. Um, so we can kind of address the, the Christian point of view. And a lot of times there's this unearned, um, just like statement that people think that gambling is just like explicitly disallowed any form. Um, the Bible says thou shalt not gamble, which, which isn't true. Um, I think you can make an argument, um, in terms of wisdom and what is wise and unwise to do with your money. And in probably more instances than most poker players would give it credit for it. A lot of people use poker in an unwise manner and aren't good stewards of the resources that God gives them. Because I mean, if we, if we take a, uh, you know, a wide, wide scope view of what we do with our money, um, if we look at the Bible, it's really God's money and we're just, uh, we're just holding on to it right now. So I think you could make an argument from a wisdom point of view that um, we should just be wise with our money. And I think that's totally legit. That's that's more of a heart issue. People will have to search that personally. But um, another one is uh, one that came to mind that was um, Matthew's, in Matthew 6, you cannot serve two masters, God and money. Now, that's absolutely true, and I love that verse. But the thing is, you can't serve two masters, God and money, but you can serve God with your money. So there's not like some, this isn't an anti-money verse, and nor is the Bible. It's saying that if money is elevated to the level of where money is your God, where money defines whether I'm in a good or bad mood, 
whether, and I've been here before, whether if I have a good session at the poker table, I'm in a good mood. If I have a bad session, don't talk to me. You know, so I think it's just keeping money or poker or your results in the proper place where it's not dominating you. Well, and, and I think that you brought up a good point, which kind of brings up our, our next uh, area that we we're going to talk about, which is um, Christianity when it's something that you uh, understand and it's something that you have essentially a personal relationship with Christ. It it affects everything. And, you know, it said that the way we think about things and the way we are before we end up having a new life. We're actually given um, a new spiritual body and a new mindset where the things that we look at and the principles day to day are different. And, you know, when the Bible speaks about money, one of the main things it it cautions and warns of is the love of money or the lust of money, or like you said, making it quote, like a God or putting it on the level of where all of our intentions, all of our mental energy goes to amass money for the sake of massing more money. And I think it's very easy to point out to society certain celebrities fall into that probably. I mean, we can only look from the outside in, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's meaningless. Um, and like chasing after the wind. But I think that reasonably there's plenty of poker players out there, just like there's plenty of people in real estate, business of small business owners that they've fallen into whatever trade they're in. Um, not necessarily to chase immense wealth. Um, even though some of us strangely enough, end up there. Um, but I think it's more as a means to an end, you know, a way to support yourself, support your family. And if you're extremely ultra good at it, you're in the top 0.1%, you know, a lot of times in life that comes with money. But um, as far as the way Christianity affects us as poker players or when we play or even after we play or before we play, Chase, will you, I mean, you definitely play at a different level than I do. I'm more the cat fading back into like the casual recreational player that's, you know, with my wedding coming up, I don't put in that many sessions and they're really at a pretty low limit compared to where you're playing at. Walk me through like just on your Twitch stream, what does that mean to you? How does, how does it show itself? I know you listen to Christian music sometimes, but talk us kind of through that. Okay. Um, so I would say that at least with, with, in my experience, the, the effects of like the disassociation that we have with money as poker players, you know, we can sit down in a cash game with a thousand dollars or, I mean, insert whatever you play at your local casino, you play one, two game, you put down 300 bucks. Now, when we're, when we're regularly playing that game, we don't really take stock of like, to most people, this is like half a month's rent, you know, and to most people, this could buy Christmas presents this year. But to us, it's just another buy-in at a game. So there is some effect of, like, desensitizing us to money, which we kind of have to do as poker players. Um, But I think we need to just be cautious about letting that um, kind of uh, make its way into other parts of our life. I know when I was younger, I definitely made some super questionable decisions with my money. Well, uh, I think I'll just you're being say over you say super <laughs> yeah. questionable. Uh, yeah, let's plugging $2,000 into a Star Trek slot machine in Vegas uh, during that series was a time. slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but please continue. Yeah, so I think uh, that's one effect that um, we need to be cautious of. Um, uh, I'll say from experience that I've struggled a lot of times with... Um, kind of letting God into my work day. So whether that's whether that whether you play poker for a living and that's your work day or not, but letting God into my poker life, you know, this isn't this isn't something that needs to be separate from God or distant from God. God is interested in me as a whole person in everything I do. There's nothing too small or too insignificant for him. But I still had have had struggles with letting him letting God into my work day and like inviting him in, um, going to him in prayer, like before I start playing while I'm playing after I'm done playing and kind of just offering it up to him and letting him guide my work day and realizing that it's not, you know, poker is not something that needs to be separated from God. It can very much be done in a godly way. And, uh, so yeah, that's been, that's been something I've worked on quite a bit in the last year or so. 
is like going to God in prayer in during my sessions, um, letting him into my work day. And, uh, that has been, uh, it's been really good. I've, uh, I've definitely benefited from that. How about you? What are you, what are some thoughts for you in terms of how our faith affects us at uh poker table? Um, for me, I think I've always had a big problem with just self-control in, in a lot of different formats. And, um, poker is one of those places that, uh, you know, it's interesting that this, this correlating relationship. So I started in a casino at 18 after my, uh, business burned down in a fire. And I, uh, I really was going through some things in life. I didn't go to college, um, went right into an industry where I was making pretty good money, uh, as an 18 year old, 19 year old dealer in, in Seattle and making this money and developed a super bad gambling problem. But I started to play poker as a way to kind of control that, um, get away from it. And it helped calm me a little bit, but I'm the person that like constantly soft, soft tilts and kind of starts just to leak a little bit, a little bit more. I'm not the guy throwing cards at the dealer and like just cursing everyone out and like getting kicked out of the casino, but I'm the person where like, you know, get runner runner by whatever. Uh, and I was mainly a limit player. So those of you, those few of you that are still left and remember what limit even feels like, it's kind of like a soft soft like Chinese water torture just like that drop of water on the head when every time this guy raises your blind and you like three bet him he's always got like aces you know one of those things um, for me the relationship with God and, and really when you play poker unless you're like a heads up specialist or like you're 10 table multi-tabling or something you have a lot of downtime and I haven't played as much this year because um, just getting ready to get married to step into the next stage in my life I have a wonderful fiance I love very much and focusing on spending time with her so priorities are changing but when i have spent time at the table that time that i spend interacting with god whether it's in prayer through music um through reading the bible at times you know and still in a tournament like i'm trying to at least live tournaments i'm trying to make reads i'm trying to watch showdown so i am you know multitasking but i find it very soothing and it puts me in so much of a better emotional place because it also helps me understand that the individual result is not the sum total of my life. And I don't know how many of you out there can kind of relate to that. And maybe I'm overstating it, but sometimes when you're playing poker and you're running deep in a tournament, you've been running so salty and so terrible. And you're like, okay, this is the tournament I'm going to ship. You know, I'm, I'm down to like a couple spots off the money and you bust out in the most gross of ways. Or for me, it was equally tilting. Like, you make the horrible, horrible error. You make a terrible read. And, you know, it's like a series and you're not going to have a chance to play it again for a while. It's so devastating. But for me, the perspective that, look, life is more than this moment. And the idea that this life is really, in a lot of ways, preparation and passing from this into eternity and into the next life, um, it just brings me a deeper sense of calm that I just really can't, I've never found any other way. I mean, it's going to have a different effect for, for different people because not everyone has the same poker leaks that I have. But uh, for me personally, it was extremely helpful for my game and my focus before the, you know, playing a session, even after. Um, because I think, you know, just end and turn it back over to you on this, on this topic, which is, I think most of us that have been poker players understand how lonely it is at times and how devastating um, a lot of people take losses. And I think there's different people. Some people, the amount of money that they lose, it hits them. Like, oh my gosh, I like had a 5K downer. And then other people, it's the ego. They're like, man, I cannot believe that fish just kept three betting me all night long. Like, and I just never was able to flop a hand or get in a good four bet or whatever it might be. Um, but for me, the peace of mind of, of having a better perspective on life uh, has really empowered me to be able to come to poker as something that I enjoy. And no matter what the outcome, leave with some enjoyment. I still get a little bit salty, but it's not nearly as devastating as it was before. And that's like been such a joyful, amazing thing for me. Well said, buddy. I definitely agree with everything you said. I will say um, I definitely struggle with pride. I have my whole life. I probably always will, uh, just like everyone. And the the way that we view people, like at 
in poker or just in life. Um, my faith has very much impacted that. Um, especially in poker, like it's so easy to get prideful and arrogant. And like, if you watch me enough on Twitch, you'll, you'll see it come out. You'll see the monster roar. But, um, the, the way that we view others, um, in our faith and how that affects us at poker, um, definitely has given me a, a better, like you say, a better sense of, man, I don't need to be frustrated at this person or think I'm better than them. And that really should have no bearing on like how I play poker. Um, I'd say from like a very strategic point of view, pride is probably one of the biggest things that tends to hold people back is when they're too prideful to admit that they played a hand badly or that, wow, this guy keeps beating me. I wonder if he's actually doing something that I'm not thinking about or not aware of, or if he's making better decisions than me. So instead of like looking at poker in a strategic way, we're just looking at it in a, like an emotional prideful way where we're not able to look at, huh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not even a winner in this game. (laughs) Maybe these guys play better than I gave them credit for. So I think from a very practical point of view, we should, we should be quick to um, question whether we're um, injecting our pride into our emotion, into our thinking, and whether we're kind of projecting some of our insecurities on our opponents. Uh, I think that's a very practical way of how, uh, we can maybe sure that up with um, being in prayer, being uh, growing in your humility, uh, being pursuing the Lord and <laughs> praying through some of that stuff, working through some of that stuff, and uh, just kind of trying to be more self-aware at the poker table. Yeah, and, and I guess one other topic I'll talk about is back when you and I were just starting to travel kind of together, uh, going to Vegas and going all over. You know, if you're not a Christian, you'll have a different term for this, but for those of us that are Christians or um, conservatives just in general, there's a lot of temptation out there. You know, uh, I'm not here to to preach and tell people what their lifestyle choices should be. Um, for me, that's a personal thing. You know, like I know what what is ethically wrong for me, but for most people, you know, the level of accessibility to drugs, to partying, um, to women and strip clubs and all different types of traps exist um, playing poker and traveling or being in Vegas, one of the me- one of the few remaining meccas of live poker. And so I think that there were times when I know you and I both were not really living a lifestyle like we live now. And as much as there are a lot of funny stories that we promise to take to our grave <laughs> together, <laughs> uh, buried in the desert, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of, of poor decisions that we could have been making. And a lot of times I think our faith saved us from that. In fact, I know it did, but, uh, why don't you, I mean, my, my stories, uh, I guess not that, not that long in the making. I mean, I grew up in an ultra, um, conservative Christian family that has similar beliefs to what I believe, not so much. I guess micromanaging and, and like, you can't do this and not the rules, but just saying, Hey, you know, uh, the Bible and Christianity is this beautiful story about a creator of the universe that out of nothing created everything that was and is and is to come. And he did it to provide glory for himself, but also to have relationships with his creation. And we're made in his image and we're made as people that need relationships on a certain level and, and crave them. And so I, I always understood and had a really good foundation. I think that's one thing my parents gave me that was really, really beautiful. And so for me, I accepted Christ and the larger concepts of Christianity really early age at three years old on 4th of July. Actually, I remember the fireworks going off in my mom's bedroom and dad's bedroom and, you know, we talked about, and I, I understood the broad concepts. I knew it was something that I wanted. Uh, and, and after that, I've had an up and down road to the point where I'm at now. Uh, and that's the amazing thing is a lot of people that are, are non-Christians, I guess, won't be able to associate as well because as much as a lot of Christianity is seen in like group settings, like maybe you think of different huge churches with all these people doing these things that are they're strange or foreign to you, a lot of Christianity, the way Chase and I believe about it, is is a individual thing. 
it's something that you and God have a relationship, you know, and you start one and you relate to that person. And what happens between you and God is something that only you and your heart know. I mean, you can profess to it. You can say, oh, yeah, you know, I do have a relationship with God. Or you could even lie about it and say you maybe do or maybe you don't. But ultimately, it's a personal thing. Um, you know, and and I've always had that on a certain level. And so at a certain point in my life, I know uh, I'll turn it back over to you, Chase. But we met up when we were much younger and <laughs> overall stupider, more ambitious men. But uh, we met in our 20s and... I was able to kind of, I guess, propose a couple questions to you that maybe sparked you. And do you want to walk us through kind of what, what happened from your perspective? Sure. Sure. I'll start at the beginning. Um, it kind of is cool to hear you reminisce about your childhood. I also <laughs> grew up in, uh, I, I would say, a Christian home. Um, we went to church every Sunday. We would crack open the Bible maybe a couple times a week, if that, like, you know, the, like kids' Bible. So my parents definitely wanted to bring us up in the church but at the same time it wasn't like uh it wasn't brought into our day-to-day life i would say that being said i had a wonderful childhood my parents loved me very much and very well and uh in that regard they 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 were wonderful parents um in terms of church though i i kind of just went through the motions when i was a kid i i didn't really like connect with it um, I didn't really understand or I don't know if that's because of lack of hearing or I didn't want to hear it, but the gospel never like penetrated me or got to me when I was a kid. So when my parents gave me a choice of, uh, do you want to go to church this week? You know, at, at some certain point, I was just like rebelling every week. And they said, well, if you know, you're going to make your own choice, if you don't want to go to church, you don't have to go. And I was like, deuces, I'm out of here, church. See ya. And I pretty much left the church when I was, I don't know, probably like 10, 12, something like that. When I was pretty young, um, I remember like my mom forcing me to go to confirmation so that I could be like, quote unquote, confirmed in my faith, which was such a joke because I was there against my will. But we'll leave that there. Um, So, yeah, I I, uh, when finished high school, I got a baseball scholarship for college. I uh, decided to drop out because you had to like drive past cows to get into town. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't super pumped about baseball. So I dropped out of college and I was like working this crappy job, making questionable life decisions, a.k.a. partying with my friends like every night. And I really had like nothing going for me. So my dad had just moved to Yakima, which is like an hour drive from Seattle. And my dad's like, hey, you know, they got casinos out here. And, uh, you know, I'd played poker in high school with my baseball buddies. And, like, I was pretty darn good at it. Played some online poker. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and work at a casino. So I I packed up my meager, like, crappy Ikea couch, TV stand or whatever. And I went to my dad's and uh, drove, like, 17 hours without sleeping. It was wonderful. And got there and uh, worked at a casino I, I like played poker, worked poker. It's like eat, sleep, drink poker for, for a couple months. And then, uh, I think like six months later, I was like, all right, time to move on to the big city and moved to Seattle. And I think it was probably like six months to a year into my stay at Seattle that, um, I was working at a casino and like trying to play poker pretty seriously. And that's when I met Andrew at like this random, it was like semi-annual poker stop where they did some tournaments in Oregon. And, uh, so yeah, I met Andrew and continued to play poker. I think, uh, probably like a year after I met you, we met up again. And then, uh, I think we worked together and we came, became really good friends and eventually moved in together. So when you're, when Andrew's talking about how, you know, he like kind of pushed me towards, uh, poker, it was when we were roommates and I still remember having this conversation. We were, it was probably like an hour long conversation. I think we were like, at one point we're upstairs. At one point we were down in the kitchen then we were like around the pool table and we were talking like, what, do, you know, what do we believe and what, what does faith look like? And I was just like, you know, like I left the church, dude, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it. We're buddies. I can talk about it. And you post some good questions. You're like, you know, I think this is worth considering. And you made like a compelling logical 
argument for the gospel, for at least making an informed decision. And I never really heard it presented like that. And I was like, huh, you even said something like, you know, this has eternal consequences from a, like even just a poker point of view. If some something has such good like implied odds, why are you not searching this? And I was like, challenge accepted. So I was like, OK, I'm going to look at this religion, this religion and Christianity and this religion. And I'm going to make an informed decision. I don't need to limit myself. And pretty soon I was kind of ruling everything else out because nothing, you know, some of the other religions are very fundamentally different than Christianity. And once I really like heard the gospel and heard what it actually meant, not just these Bible school songs about it, I was, I was intrigued. So I started going to church every once in a while and um, so insert the story with my wife. I'd known my wife since like high school and I'd always liked her, but she was never available. But finally she like, you know, she broke up with her boyfriend, um, blah, blah, blah. And we were trying to do this like long distance dating thing. Her being in Colorado, me being in Seattle. And it wasn't really working out. It kept blowing up in my face. And like I said, I struggle with pride and I'm like, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, of course, as things tend to go, it never worked out. So I was, we we're still trying to make it work though. And I was back in Colorado. I think it was like Christmas time, 2008 or something. And I went over to Tara's and we had this little like movie date or whatever. It's like, okay, this is going to go great. I love this girl. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to figure this out. And of course it blew up in my face and I'm just like at my wits end and I'm driving home and I'm just devastated. I'm so frustrated. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out life by myself. I think that I have it all in control and it always blows up in my face and I'm just so frustrated and I break down and I'm crying on my way home. I'm trying to drive. There's like no one on the road and I'm almost driving off the road through my tears and I'm like, this is, I got to pull off the road. So I pull off the road and uh, providentially pull into my old church parking lot was like the very exit that I was at. Pull into my old church parking lot and they're bawling my eyes out in tears. And I'm just like, man, I cannot just keep trying to do this on my own. I'm so, I'm so broken and disgusted with myself. And I, I've prayed for the first time, I think in my whole life, earnestly prayed like God just take this from me. I'm so tired of trying to figure this out myself. Jesus just like do everything for me. I cannot do this myself. And in an instant, it was just like the most, it was the most peaceful feeling set over me. And just like all of this anxiety and worries and trying to figure stuff out for myself just was taken from me. And I had the most calming peace set over me. And that was like my, that was my come to Jesus moment, if you will. So that was, that was it. That was when I gave my life to Christ. And, uh, you know, as luck would happen, me and Tara kind of like put off our relationship for a while and we're like, this long distance thing doesn't work. And, uh, ended up, uh, moving back to Colorado a couple years later for my grandma, uh, was about to pass away and I need to be with family and take care of my family. So I moved back to Colorado and me and Tara finally started dating for real this time. And, uh, you know, insert poker stuff in there, but that was, that was it. Now I'm married to her, moved to Maryland, play poker. That's it. I mean, it's been a lot of bumps on the way. I'm certainly not a finished product. And we all know that. <laughs> that's it. That's my story. Um, I think it's so wonderful when you contrast our lives. Like there was certainly more than one point in time in my life where I felt that um, in certain formats of poker or in certain areas that I was on your level or superior. But in the last five years, certainly uh, your track record speaks for itself. Um, and and unfortunately, I'm starting to see mine speaks for itself, which is I'm like break evenish, small smallish winner. Uh, small sample size and you have like large and larger growing sample size but 
that's what I think the beauty of of really a relationship with Christ through Jesus uh, provides, which is for so long, my desire, my goal was to climb this pyramid and this ladder and look down on everyone else from the top and or most everyone else from the top. And, and that was poker. Poker was one of those little pyramids that I want to be towards the pinnacle of. And I'm not there. And in a lot of ways, I've never been happier. And you are there or you're getting close and you're, you know, you're in um, a really, really good spot where you're playing some of the larger cash games that spread live every day. And, and you're, you know, starting to put together a sample size on those and branch out. And it's really good to to be able to be a part of it um, just as a friend and kind of witness that. But I think the beauty is that there's fulfillment in that for you for similar reasons that my life and and the fact that I'm going into a new uh, stage in a new direction, there's a lot of fulfillment for me. And that's, I think, I guess what I would challenge anyone to say, which is whether you're ultra successful poker player, you're struggling, you're successful poker, you're feel like everything else in life is crumbling down a lot of combinations. Um, because if your life is anything like mine, certain moments, everything feels like it's well put together. And then, um, you get bad personal medical news, a family member does, or just anything can happen to any of us. I mean, life life feels stable, but I think in reality is so fluid that it is ultra fragile um, and moves pretty quick that at least the consideration of what do I really believe? What, what I mean, what is this thing like? I mean, I would think 99.9% of us believe in death. We know it's going to happen. So what happens after that? Nothing, something. You know, if something happens after that, if there's a chance something happens after that and we can affect it by our decisions on earth and there's eternal consequences, uh, it's an a priority decision, you know, and that's, I think just, you're so intelligent. And I think I'm really interested to read Alex's book, the myth of poker talent, because I think it gets at this mindset. There is talent. And I, I do believe there is talent in poker to a certain extent where people that can decode and figure things out faster than other people. Um, however, I think that certainly not to insult you, I think you do have talent, but I think you are the little engine that could, you're the person that studies and you have an analytical mind and you break things down and you're better today than you were yesterday, almost always, even if it's by inches instead of miles. But I think that's the interesting thing about, um, the Bible and Christianity and God too, which is from the analytical mind and for poker players, you can decode what we've been saying. You can challenge these assumptions. You can investigate it. Um, in fact, there's a fantastic book called The Case for Christ where a guy sets out to um, empirically disprove Christ and Christianity and he ends up converting himself. You know, And I think that was um, a pretty pivotal thing for you, right, Chase? Yeah, that book was awesome. Um, definitely recommended by Lee, Lee Strobel, I believe. But just in general, I think that... Um, it's important for all of us to answer that. And it's not something we can get by association. Our wife, our husband, our friend, our family was Christian, Catholic, Mormon, Buddhist. It doesn't mean we are, or we have to be, it's an individual pursuit. So it shares similarity to poker, which is poker at times has team elements when you've got a rail rooting for you, you're on Twitch, you know, but ultimately it's a singular activity. And that's the same thing with your relationship or lack therein with God and Christ. It's a singular thing. And largely it's private. You know, it's something that you have in your heart, in your eternal soul with with God or or you don't have. And and that's what I would just say to our listeners. Um, you know, if you've had a relationship with God or Christ and you're like Chase's story of mine in some ways that you're familiar, but maybe maybe that connection's no longer there, you know, I'm not gonna tell you what's right for you but I would say you should explore it. If you're an atheist or agnostic or even just apathetic, I would urge you and tell you that it's, it's an important question that you, um, you know, warrants considering. And I think if you are a Christian, realize that there are formats in poker and there are ways I think you can um, be a salt and light and city set on a hill and be a good example for people with your money management, with the way you treat other people on and off the table, um, just with your actions in general. So I think, 
you know, we just want to use this format as just a way to share a little bit of, of you, I know Chase and myself and just uh, reach out to the people that listen to us, you know, monthly or, or however so long. And, um, you know, those are the major points for me. I just think it's something that at least should be considered, you know, where are we going directionally in life? Preach it, bro. I'm with you. Totally. And I, I just want to welcome people to like, feel free to email in if you have a, whether it be a poker question or a question on your faith or discussing your faith or whatever. I mean, we're, we're an open door. We're, you know, we might, we might refer you to some other source or we might not have the answer to question. I don't have the answer to all questions, but I would love to hear from you guys. If there's anything that we can do for you personally, or uh, even feel challenge free. us, you yeah, know, that's yeah. fine too. Yeah, if you want to, you know, challenge one of our biblical convictions, no problem. I mean, I I welcome that on Twitch too. I mean, maybe that's partly why I get some uh, some troll food set out. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I welcome any discussion, whether it's here or on Twitch. Um, like as long as we're having it in a beneficial manner, right on. If you know, if if it gets confront too, I mean, confrontation is not bad. But you know, if there's some venom in there, if there's some spite and nastiness yeah if there's nastiness you know and it's not gonna be uh productive building up and productive and beneficial then we'll probably just step away and say you know i love you but we're, we're not gonna have this discussion but we welcome you guys to uh email in to come to us uh, on twitter or whatever and uh you know we want to be a resource for you guys in uh your spiritual walk as well as uh on the poker table yeah and it's something that um I mean, we're in a second, we're going to tease kind of uh, our all of the social media ways you can reach us. But if you want something to be even private, you know, that's fine, too. I mean, Chase and I can do phone calls, text. I mean, we really this is something that as much as poker matters to us, um, this is a matter of the heart, as cheesy as that sounds. But it's 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 real. It really is. And uh, if you've taken the time to listen to us, we mean it. Um, if you're someone we already know and we don't know you're struggling and kind of going back and forth about, Oh man, what do I believe? What do I think? That's still fine. I mean, feel, please, please feel free to uh, reach out to either of us in whatever capacity you think you want to, whether it's challenging or we're sharing something. And for the most part on podcasts, I think we're going to try to keep it fairly separate, which is why we want to condense all of this into one podcast, at least to start off with. Um, and we'll kind of go from there, but I know you're very open about your faith while at the virtual felt, which I think is is wonderful, so that's another way you know people can follow Twitch and and interact with you. Yeah, hit me up on Twitch. Be happy to answer something live on Twitch if you have a question or whether it's an email here. And I think one last thing, I guess, about uh, one misconception that I think uh, is out there too prevalently is a lot of people. Uh, the only version of God they see is through humans. They associate with maybe the pastor they grew up in who was found to be having an affair or their parents and maybe something positive or negative. But the thing I think you found through searching and research is um, there are people, maybe even like yourself and you know, maybe in some capacities myself, who can certainly show us at times aspects of God, but God revealed himself through Jesus and through the Bible and we have a free medium to pray to him and talk to him in our head and our heart. Uh, and that's the best way to know him because humans at some point will always, always fail you uh, because we are all sinners and we've all fallen from the glory of, of God. And, you know, we'll always try to help you, but I would again, just say in closing for me, just remember it's something that's a personal relationship between you and God and, uh, and humans are only human because I know a lot of times people are turned off by the idea of God or Christianity because they see all the failures of people around them. Absolutely. And I mean the failure of the church too, and the people that claim to be Christian, there's a lot of hurt people out there that have been hurt by Christians. And you know, if that's you, I'm sorry. I, we our religion, our beliefs, our people are very much broken. We are imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. And uh, just to hear that, even though you've been hurt by a Christian and I've hurt many people. Um, it's, it's not about us and we hope that we can point you to Christ and, and, uh, we'll leave it there. I would, I would encourage anyone if you're going to crack the Bible, Bible open, read, uh, the gospel of Mark is very quick, short, concise. 
it's a good starting point for anyone. Yeah, and I just think it's hear really the gospel too. from God Himself. Perfect, um, Chase. How can I? How can they get a hold of us? I know you're our social media darling, so please. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, I uh, stream on Twitch as we mentioned, Twitch.tv/ChaseBianchi. Uh, Twitter, you can hit me on Twitter, Chase underscore Bianchi. Andrew on Twitter is I am a nooblet, one word. <laughs> accurate title um, Indeed. <laughs> uh, podcast on twitter top two podcasts and email in top two podcast at gmail.com yeah i think next, that's about it well next podcast we're gonna be going over some bankroll management stuff i mean we're at different points oh, in our yeah. lives and careers um by quite a bit uh we're going to touch on that and i think we're going to try to see what type of mailbag we do or don't have might add another major topic might just might end up spending 20 minutes on me trying to convince you to buy the real life uh, Iron <laughs> Throne replica from Game of Thrones because it's just so amazing and someone has to purchase it. There's one on eBay with like a buy it now for $30,000 oh, and you know there's it. someone just like sitting in a hut in yeah, some, so we're going to get in a bidding war with someone like in, in Washington like just smoking a lot of peyote and just like day by day adding another like smelting down swords and putting them on iron throne throne replica so gosh uh you know may or may not happen we'll we'll see what time constraints we have and how many takes you make us do (laughs) i think we do have a couple emails that we didn't get to from like two podcasts ago yeah and uh you know we weren't going to get to want any of this podcast also i'm pretty excited about the bankroll management aspect because i think we're going to get a very unique look at it in that here is Andrew, who is very recreational, like plays mostly as a hobby, like very seriously though, and trying to produce income, but very like hobby uh, focused recreational player. And then you have me who I've recently come into a lot of success. I have kind of a bigger bankroll than I've ever had. And I'm starting to play bigger games than I've ever played. And we're kind of going to look at both sides, like the recreational side and the professional side and try to like bridge the gap in between. So I think it'll be a really solid podcast. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions that are particular to bankroll management, maybe even your own situation that falls within that spectrum of of myself and Chase, uh, they'll let us know. I mean, that would be good fodder for next podcast. Yeah. It's with your bankroll questions, even if it's super personal, like, Hey, I play once a week and I have $38 and you know, whatever, hit us up. We'll be happy to answer you personally. All right. I think that's a wrap. Hopefully we actually recorded today. That would be nice. (laughs) I think we're in the clear. All right, right, bros. Ladies, Have a good one. God bless you. Bye. Bye.